All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Grease the Wheels. I'm your host, Uncle Jimmy, coming to you from the Rock and Roll Garage. I want to talk to you this week about looking for a job. Now, I believe, myself personally, that I should always be looking for a job, and there's one very good reason for that. There's a hell of a lot of them out there. Uh, The particular brand that I do uh, the best work for has about 350 dealers in the United States and untold numbers of independents who happen to deal with that one specific brand, okay? They're very prolific European luxury brand. And uh, I got to be honest with you, when I was in tech school looking for a brand to kind of align myself with, I picked this brand because, well, their technicians are typically paid a little more than, say, a domestic brand technician. But that doesn't mean that you can't make the same or more money than I do because right now uh, I feel like my salary is somewhat depressed due to causes that are beyond my control. And I'm working on rectifying a lot of those. But I am always constantly, and I do mean literally constantly, looking at other jobs, looking at want ads, especially on the internet. There's a great many sites, indeed, uh, Job Rapido or Job Pridio. I'm not sure how they want to say it. There's also Monster, Dice. Uh, did I mention Indeed already? I think I did. Uh, there's uh, several sites where you can go on and look for jobs as a technician or even a brand-specific technician, and they will email you on a daily basis of new jobs and uh, different jobs in different areas of the country. And uh, you can you can look and see. And uh, let me tell you what, uh, have some time set aside to actually look at these ads these want ads that these companies put out there for technicians wanted because they range from the absurd to the ridiculous. And uh, what I find is that the dealership, the manufacturer-specific dealership ads all read pretty much the same. And as a matter of fact, in the particular brand that I work for, they actually will help the dealers look for help. And in my experience, they have found that they are actually uh, not very helpful. They uh, attempt to help one or more dealers more than the other because some of the other some of the dealers that they have calling them or contacting them are in dire need because they don't do a very good job taking care of their employees, okay? So they may steer you wrong. I would definitely use a manufacturer's career path individuals or personnel or website if they have one, but definitely take that with a a very large grain of salt, okay? They're gonna try to help the most needy uh, dealers in their network and uh, may even be motivated to help some more than others and possibly even some not at all, okay? And also, too, uh, if you don't have the specific credentials that they're looking for, they may steer you in a direction you don't want to go or a direction that maybe you shouldn't go. So you have to be careful if somebody's helping you look for a job to try to find somebody who's sincere in helping you and not themselves and or the particular companies that they work for or the particular companies that they are trying to help. Uh, And what I mean is that some dealers need a lot of help finding help because the way they treat their help sucks okay and i know that some of you know exactly what i'm talking about 
Uh, there's other dealers out there who do a much better job of taking care of their employees. Uh, I happen to believe that the company I work for now does a, a really good job taking care of their employees. The pay is not going to be making anybody pass out. It's not what I would call spectacular, but it is fair. I think it's it, the best way to describe it. It is fair. And they do do a fairly decent job of uh, maintaining their facilities and providing you with the tools you need to do your job. Also providing you with a very nice place to do it. It doesn't, maybe, maybe that doesn't sound important to some of you. Uh, to me, it is actually important. I, uh, I find it very important to work in a clean and uh, almost a, a sanitary environment that I'm in now is very nice. Climate is controlled properly. The lights are outstanding. There's never a, a lack of lighting. I have actually worked in some shops that were dungeons and uh, uh, mistakes can be made when you just can't see what the fuck you're doing. So you gotta, you gotta have good lighting. The equipment is uh, top notch in the shop I'm at. It's actually a, a new shop. So it is, uh, and I refer to it as this all the time. It is a palace. It is a palace. It is white with some gray. The lights are bright. Uh, everything can be seen. All the equipment is new. That somehow doesn't keep it from breaking, but it's at least at one point within the last year, it was new. We have some difficulty with some of the equipment and uh, we have a tremendous difficulty with a couple of certain pieces of equipment that we have, but I'm not going to mention that here. That's a, that's a whole nother podcast for you, boys and girls. We'll talk about that one in the future. Uh, some of the equipment is a, it's a, a very quality brand, but it just doesn't hold up that well, especially when you have a couple, two, three guys who get right, right on top of the machine t- to use it and uh, hump it like apes or gorillas would. So uh, there's that. But uh, some dealers still are laboring away in very old facilities, very rundown facilities. They have uh, inadequate everything, really. I mean, sometimes they they don't have any parking, which is actually a very common problem with some of these dealerships, especially the ones that I work for. Uh, Parking is at a severe premium and it's not unusual to talk to other technicians from other dealers in the same brand and find that they have to actually be shuttled to work from a remote parking lot. It's not uncommon at all. Typically parking lots are full of broken cars and used cars and new cars and no place for the employees to park their cars. So they get to park somewhere else and walk a mile and a half to work, which sounds I don't know. Uh, it's, it would be the worst thing in the world. I don't know. You'll have to you'll have to make up your own mind on that. I think if I was forced to walk a mile and a half to work and then back again at the end of the day, it probably wouldn't hurt my wouldn't wouldn't hurt me to exercise a little bit. Okay, uh, but that's a personal thing. I imagine that some people would definitely not enjoy that, and uh, I don't have that problem right now. So I'm imagining that I would be one of those people who might not enjoy that, especially if I was in a, a climate where the weather is terrible six months out of the year, like it used to be for me. But I digress quite a bit. I want to get back to the point I was trying to make here, and that is that you should be always looking for a job to see what other opportunities are out there, even if you like your job. Now, one of the things that I find, and I find this very curious, very curious, and uh, I find it seems to go along with the brand-specific ads that I'm looking at, is they all know, they all know exactly what they want from you, exactly. I mean, they list it, they list a job description. It's got to have... 30 lines to it. You know, you have to be able to to communicate with your service advisors and your service managers and your customers. You have to have tools. You have to have experience. You have to have this, that, and the other thing. 30 fucking lines of what you need to have to work there. You need to be able to do this, 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 and this. And the list goes on. And it's 
is so it's so comprehensive and every single ad that I see for jobs in the particular brand that I work on are nearly identical so I think that they're just borrowing it from each other and it may even be uh, it may even be sponsored by the brand uh, manufacturer themselves uh, knowing what they do about their cars and knowing what they like to see when they're looking at an RO or a, a claim for a warranty repair, that's what this job description entails. It entails making sure that all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. And I get that, that's great. That is great because I'd like to know exactly what's expected of me when I roll into a certain shop to do certain things. And I find that in a dealership for a specific brand or maybe brands, because some of us have worked at dealerships that have more than one brand, I know pretty much what they want. I'm familiar with what they want. When I worked at an independent, what the owner, and that's basically it, that's the end of the line as far as the higher ups go. They're on the very tippy tippy top of the totem pole and you're somewhere below them. What they want is what your job description is and it can fucking change from one minute to the next. So when you're looking at jobs online and you see it, certain independents will post ads uh, and some of them are very enticing. Uh, I can't deny that, but their job descriptions are very vague and can change in a moment's notice. And I find that that can be actually fairly destructive. And it, it was at least the last, the last independent that I worked at. Uh, they would work on literally anything, regardless of whether or not I wanted to, which I don't know, should that, should that uh, be part of the formula? Should the technician want to work on something? Well, in my case, I have to say yes. It was actually somewhat important because I never, I never said no to working on anything, but there was some stuff that should have been said no to, but not by me. There was stuff that they wanted to work on, that they wanted us to work on, that probably should have either gone to the scrapyard or to some sort of specialist somewhere, or maybe you should have just gone straight to fucking hell, okay? Because I had cars that chewed up literally weeks and weeks and weeks of my time and wasn't the final result wasn't worth anyone spending any time at all on that car. So, and then that was just in a, in a uh, what's, the, what's the term I'm looking for? That was just in a desire to get money from people for fixing their cars. I think that, you know, there was, there were blind ambition was at work there. Uh, and what those, what the shop owner there wanted was just to get all the money they could from everybody they could. And, and in reality, they ended up losing money because so much time was wasted on one car or another that shouldn't have been at that particular shop. Now they work on a lot of different stuff. I've got to, I've got to stick up for them. And I don't know if they listen to this. I don't know if anybody there listens to this. I'm sure they probably don't. They have different needs and different hobbies and listening to podcasts like this one probably isn't part of it, but they, they had a specific, uh, a specific set of customers that they aimed at for, but when they missed that mark, what they were shooting at, they didn't, flinch not even for a second and they took in literally everything that could come in everything and sometimes you got to say no so when you go to look at an ad for an independent and they say oh you know we're looking for people to have this specific knowledge or that specific knowledge or this specific knowledge and also general knowledge you can pretty much read between the lines and go yeah I'm going to be working on shit I don't like now in my experience and I want to just 
put out a little mea culpa here real quick. Uh, in my experience, I didn't like working on Audis. I didn't, they didn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. The engineering seemed kind of kooky. Some of the things they did didn't seem right. Uh, there doesn't ever seem to be enough room in the engine compartment to even drop a wrench in and still close the hood. But there are gentlemen out there and a lot of these gentlemen listen to this podcast. There are technicians out there who work on these cars and actually probably love them. And I just, I wanna say kudos to you gentlemen for being the people who work on those cars, okay? Because you can have them all. I don't really enjoy them. And you know what though? I, I know as well that the manufacturer that I work for, a lot of people dislike those cars because they're difficult to understand. I personally understand them. I work on them. I've been working on them for a long time. I know how they go. I also am able to understand why people hate them, okay? Because some of the stuff they do uh, doesn't make any sense, especially to someone like me who has a background in mostly GM vehicles. GM figures out how to do something, and then they try to figure out how to do it as simply as possible, and boom, they get the job done. Take, for example, a PCV valve. Well, it's just a little metal thing. Now, they don't use this anymore, unfortunately, but in the past, it was perfectly acceptable to have a little piece of uh, a little PCV valve in the end of a hose to help with a spring in it, okay? And all it did was it removed crankcase pressure when it got too high and it fed that crankcase pressure into the carburetor or into the fuel injection intake and everyone was happy. Your excess combustion byproduct and combustion pressure got bled off to the point where the spring suddenly closed it off again and then it built up again. It was it, it was genius really. And then what did PCV valves cost? I mean, I can remember in the days selling them at the auto parts stores I worked at for like two fucking dollars, okay? No, this doesn't work for the Germans, however. And I don't know, maybe some other manufacturers don't do it this way, but uh, they have to have some sort of a, a separator. They call it a cyclone separator. And uh, a lot of these, a lot of these cars are kind of getting away from this now because they're all turbocharged and they have to have this unbelievably complicated pressure slash pressure relief uh, labyrinth inside the valve cover. So that's how they're doing it now. But before, when they had naturally aspirated engines, they used a cyclone separator. It swirled the byproducts of combustion and the combustion pressure in a circle. The oil fell out and drained into the valve cover or drained into the oil pan, excuse me. And then the rest of it got sent up into the uh, intake manifold to get reburned. And that's, that's that. The problem with it was it was overly wrought. It involved a lot of hoses. And uh, because of one of the byproducts of combustion that it separated out of the oil and the gases was water, the little valve inside of these cyclone separators used to freeze. And if it froze open, your engine would suck all of the engine oil out of the oil pan, kind of like a 1040 milkshake, and try to burn it. And it didn't have any way to regulate it. So eventually what would happen is it would fill a cylinder up so much with so much oil that when you tried to uh, work the piston upward, it would say no dice, it's full of oil and you have a hydrolock situation. And I run into that hundreds of times in, excuse me, in the cold climate from which I came. Now, if the, if the valve closed, if it froze in the closed position, which didn't happen too often, but it did happen, the crankcase pressure would build uh, up to a point where it would actually uh, cause the valve cover to explode. And I've seen that also, but that was rarer than the other case where the engine just sucked oil. In either case, the repair was horrendous, filthy, dirty, and if you didn't do it right, made a mess out of your shop and the three cars parked to the left of you. And uh, it was it was just a, not a very good situation. You had a car that smoked for weeks and weeks and weeks after you fixed it and there was nothing you could do about it. Oil was ingested 
and uh, expelled into the catalytic converter. And sometimes in, in odd case, rare cases, it would uh, destroy the catalytic converter. Uh, in other cases where it didn't destroy the catalytic converter, it would at least lay down a, in a very effective smoke screen, okay? So pick your brand. You know, if you're looking for a job, you know, uh, you wanna stay away from an independent that's gonna work on everything, okay? Let's say you're a Chevy guy and you go to work for an independent and all of a sudden he starts sticking you with Audis and BMWs and Toyotas and you don't know anything about them, you're gonna feel uncomfortable and maybe out of place. And and if it gets out of hand, which it can, believe me, independents, they'll, they'll bring in everything pretty much. They need to make money and they're not gonna say no to anybody. Uh, I mean, with, within reason. I mean, some independents work strictly on one car or another. But if they don't, you're going to want to know that beforehand. And you can usually tell by their ad, uh, wherever it is you see their ad, whether it's the paper or on the Internet, that they're going to want you to work on a lot of different things. Now, I, I got to say that I have known some mechanics who were adept at working on just about everything. And I myself would like to say that I could work on everything. I, and I can. I believe I can but I don't want to, okay? I'm old, I'm set in my ways, I know what I know. I don't really need to learn about, you know, how a water pump on an Audi works when it's got a little belt that looks like it runs off the crankshaft in the middle of the engine. I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna learn that. I'm just gonna look at that, shake my head and walk away and maybe go home sick or something. I don't wanna work on it. I don't wanna figure out how it works and why it's not. Okay, that's my, that's just my opinion. I know there's some Audi guys out there right now uh, filling out little uh, forms on Reddit to uh, run me down and say that I'm a jerk and I'm stupid or whatever. It's fine. Uh, they're not wrong. <laughs> but anyway, to get back to the point, if you're looking at ads, okay, if you're, if you're out there looking for jobs that may be better than what you have, and in some cases, how is that not possible really? But if you're looking for ads, you got you to gotta read them closely before you get enticed by whatever it is that they're gonna put in there to entice you. If they put in there, oh, we want you to work on all makes and all models. Well, okay, great. But do you have the tools I'm gonna, to, are you gonna help me with the tools I need to work on all makes and all models? Uh, I worked with a gentleman at the Indy that I worked at and he had quite uh, an amazing selection of tools. And uh, he was pretty well-versed on a lot of stuff. But there was some other stuff that he wasn't well-versed on at all. And when I, t when I tried to straighten him out, sometimes he would deny that he didn't know what he should have known or he would, he, he never would admit that he didn't know something. And, and that's another thing that technicians do. They're not gonna say, oh, I didn't know that. You know, you know you're not gonna hear that from a technician very often. But you might hear it from me because I'm familiar with what I know and I'm familiar with what I don't know. And when I run into something I don't know, I'm not gonna lie to you and say, oh, I know all about that. I'm gonna say, whoa, what the fuck is that? <laughs> How the fuck does that work? And why does it, why is it like that? Because some of the stuff that they do with cars these days is shit that I don't even wanna know. Even if even if I could figure it out, I don't wanna figure it out. And there's so many different examples. I could spend a whole nother podcast just telling you about shit that cars do now that they didn't do 30 years ago. And guess what? 30 years ago, we still got where we were going. You know, we had to turn our neck we had to turn our actual, we had to actually turn our fucking heads to look and see what was behind us or what was in the next lane. Well, now we don't have to do that anymore. Okay, great. Now we have cars that somewhat drive themselves. Uh, I had a car the other day and I'd never experienced this before until just the other day. And I knew it was out there, but I was kind of in denial about it. Uh, it started to drift out of my lane, which I do because I'm just a terrible driver. We've been over that. But the car actually turned the steering wheel for me to put me back in the lane I was in and I, I am a little unnerved by that because I mean, what if I was trying to swerve around a dog or a kid or something, and the car made me swerve back into it? Who the fuck's guilty then? I mean, you can put a you can put a car in jail for thirty years and it's not going to give a fuck. 
but you put me in jail for 30 years and two things are going to happen. I'm going to be pissed off and I'm probably going to end up being dead before I get out. Okay, so let's not let that happen. But I digress again from the, the, from the subject and I apologize. I want to get back to it. Uh, one of the things that you're going to notice when you look at some of these ads, and, and I, I have noticed this because this is mainly what motivates all of us, to be honest with you, is when you look at ads, uh, and I look at brand-specific ads for work in dealerships for a specific reason, which I'll tell you about in a few minutes, but when you look at those ads, you're going to see that they're not fucking talking about how much they're going to pay you. If at all, they make a statement about paying you commensurate with your experience and your training. Okay, that's just fucking great. But what does that mean? That means we're not going to talk about pay. And when we do talk about pay, it's going to be on a personal level. And it's going to be after we find out that you're not a psychopath or a booger-eating moron. And we're going to decide, just by talking to you on the phone, preliminarily anyway, whether or not we want you to work for us. And then we might decide, well, let's see what he says when we lowball the shit out of him and offer him $12 an hour to work here. Um, what they should hear is a click. Okay. If somebody offers to pay you $12 an hour, you tell them, um, yeah, how about fucking no, you crazy Dutch bastard, okay? Seriously, pay for technicians is low because a lot of times when we're looking for a new job, we need a new job. We have been fired or we left the old job first. And this is the point I'm trying to make is if you are out there looking for a job every day, even though you already have one, you're gonna know, A, what's available. And, and I, this is always my thing is I wanna know where I could go next if this doesn't pan out because at any given time, I could do something obnoxious or wrong and my management can come down and just say, you, out. And I'll be like, fine. And I have, I've been fired uh, from places. I haven't been fired from places where I worked as a mechanic, but I've been fired from other places where I worked either as a parts guy or a parts manager. And uh, usually I leave those places and I got a smile on my face because if they come down to fire me and they don't want me around, fuck them. It's their fucking loss, okay? I come in and I work hard. I don't give a fuck where I work. I work hard and I do my job. And if they don't want to realize it, they can suck my goddamn dick. And I'll leave with a smile on my face because you know what? I can't start something new until I end something old. And that's how I became a mechanic. That's how I became a technician. And that's how I became a much more valuable employee, not even in my own mind, but in everybody else's mind, everybody who deals with me, is because I had to fucking leave a job I had before. Now, I wasn't gonna work in parts stores all my life because I like to buy things like food and gasoline for my car and pay for my insurance and stuff. Those jobs pay fucking god awful. So I was always looking for another job even then. Now with the enormous shortage of technicians that there exists out there right now, if you're not looking for an upgrade to your job, then you must either A, be happy, or B, just, I don't know, uh, what's the terminology we like to use? Uh, blissfully ignorant? Maybe that's it, okay? And I don't want to insult anybody, but you should always look to move up and maybe not at the place you're at now. A lot of these ads that I see for technicians, they, like I said, they don't talk about the money they wanna pay you, okay? So you yourself kinda have to figure out what you feel like you're worth and what you feel like you would like to work for. Now, if you're looking around the country, you'll always, you're always gonna hear this, okay? You're always gonna hear this from people. Well, the cost of living there is really high. I go, well, okay, great. But what, really, what the fuck is the cost of living, okay? I own the car I have now, okay? So I don't have to worry about buying that fucking thing. I've already bought that. What do I have to worry about? I mean, I like to eat hot dogs, okay? Do the hot dogs cost like fucking $5 more in one city than another? No, they really don't, okay? So the food, honestly, the food is, is typically 
Not something you have to worry about when it comes to cost of living. I mean, if worse comes to worse, you could always shop at Aldi's or Walmart. The, the food there is not horribly expensive. Some people don't like shopping there because they feel like it's, I don't know, beneath them. But, but that's fine. There's always going to be other supermarkets. Food is not really one of these things they talk about when they're talking about standard of living. You know, the high cost of the standard of living in some areas. Okay, what they're really talking about is housing. But that's that's another podcast to have in the future. But if you were going to move, well, let's say you're going to move from upstate New York to Texas, like I did. Do I pay more rent in Texas? Hell yeah. But you know what? I got a pretty nice place. And it's worth what I'm paying for it, at least to me. And I'm making enough to pay for it and still have money left over to buy car parts or you know, Wheaties, whatever else I got to have, you know. So I'm doing all right, and I'm not complaining. But, you know, it's something you're definitely going to want to check out. And I think that the one thing, if you're thinking about relocating to a different part of the country, and I suggest that you keep all your options open. I mean, if you don't feel like moving, that limits your choices, obviously. But if you keep your options open and you feel like you might want to move to a different part of the country because the, the job opportunities are a lot better. And believe me, in some cities, the job opportunities are absolutely incredible. And so is some of the pay. So you definitely want to check it out. It's definitely worth sending a resume to some of these people if you have a resume. Um, if you haven't got a resume, I suggest you get on one of those sites that helps you hook up yourself with a resume. Make sure you put together all of your experience, all of your training, all of your uh, schooling, and uh, you know all the jobs you've had, what you're good at, what you're not good at, maybe your ASCs, whatever you got. Um, I, I'll bet you'll find some of you guys will have two pages of uh, achievements and past uh, employment experience that are related to what you do now. I have, if I put down every job I've ever had and all the training I've got and all the schooling I've got, I've got a four-page resume. I'm not lying. I'm not even lying. I'm not even kidding you. I've got a lot of stuff I've done, a lot of stuff I've learned. My resume looks like a, reads like a pamphlet, you know? I have to chop it down and leave out specific items. I don't I don't even have room to lie about myself on my resume, which is not something I ever want any of you to do, okay? Because if they find out that you've lied on your resume, that's actually against the law. And uh, so don't do that. Don't misrepresent yourself. You're talented enough the way you are right now. I love the way you are right now, okay? So, you know, whatever experience, whatever skills you've got, Make sure you get them cataloged on your resume. Send them out to some of these places, okay? It doesn't mean you have to quit your job tomorrow and go work for them. You can send them a resume and see what they've got for an offer. I, I really strongly recommend that you do that because you might find that, you know, uh, let's just say you're in, uh, I don't know, Minnesota. We'll just pick a place where it's cold as shit for six months out of the year. Uh, and Minnesota sounds like a good place to say that about. And you get a job offer working, you know, let's say Miami, Florida, or the Keys, or maybe Tampa, or Orlando, or, or Jacksonville, somewhere in Florida, or maybe, you know, along the Gulf Coast somewhere where it's typically nice almost all year long. And they want to pay you $15 an hour more than you're making in Minnesota. Would you like to find that out? Yeah, I would. Why don't you just send them a resume? That's all you got to do. It doesn't mean you're going to go to work for them. I've heard of people sending out, I heard of one gentleman that worked at a, a shop I used to work at, uh, who sent out. 27 resumes to different dealers of the same brand and he had a lot of experience he was very good at what he did and he got 26 responses I don't know what happened to that last resume but he got 26 responses and they all wanted to hire him because he was skilled trained knowledgeable and worth it by the way so I recommend you always be looking for a job always Find all these sites online that will send you ads in your email folder and look at them in the morning I look at them every morning. I look at all the wine ads that come in. And uh, I have uh, actually found some wine ads for jobs that I would like to have. I've actually found a wine ad on a daily basis 
for the last year and a half for the job that I have now. They're not trying to replace me. They're just trying to fill up the shop that I'm in because we have numerous lifts and not quite so many technicians. So it's not a good situation for the staff, for the management and the owners of my particular dealership. Uh, I think you find your dealership may be in the same boat. And uh, you know, if you put out a resume there and you get an offer back for a job and it's a place you might like to go to, you can certainly go visit them. A lot of them may even fly you in just to see what you're like, to talk to you, to show you their facility and what they got going on and maybe invite you to join them. Uh, and if they offer you more money, you could go back and say, you know what, I just went to uh, I just went to Florida and checked out the dealerships down there and they're paying $15 an hour more. Now, if you don't want me to leave, you might want to increase my pay here and I'll stay. Otherwise, I'm fucking Florida bound, bitch. All right, that's enough of me for one day. This is your Uncle Jimmy. I'm signing off saying see ya.